Tony's father has been away a long time. Now, he's coming home. Extro has returned. Once a man, he is now something more than human. Indestructible, ever-changing, evil. His mission, to avenge, to possess, to destroy. Why did you come back? I came back for you. Oh, my God. Joe! Extro, bearing powers of black magic from deep space. If you think hard about something, you can make it happen. Use it when you need it. Listeners, you're listening to another exciting episode of Chewing the Scenery Horror Movie Podcast. We're a podcast where we three friends get together and talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. We'll talk about Recently Watched, which we will not spoil. And we're going to um, say up front, we're not professional critics. And we thank the Moonrays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. Find the music on Amazon or Apple Music where you can buy it digitally and say hello to them on Facebook where they are the Moon-Rays. And uh, I'm Richard. I'm here with Will and Jolian. Hey, guys. Hello. Greetings. Uh, let's just jump right into Recently Watched. That sound like a plan? All right. Who wants go, to... Go ahead. You want me to do it? Go. All right. I'm going to do it. Uh, make sure I got my list here. Um, okay. So I've been continuing my rewatch of Breaking Bad. I'm in season four, episode three or four, maybe five. It moves a lot faster than I remembered. So that's been very interesting for me. Of course, I know everything that's going to happen. And it's like, wait, that's happening already? But uh, <coughs> the work is really good. And I appreciate all of the writing 
directing and acting uh, holding up after just a good handful of years. Uh, did you watch that series live? Did I watch live it? Live meaning oh, as it came out? Uh, back in the days of appointment viewing. Uh, I think I yeah. jumped in on um, season two, maybe, because I think it had a full season out there already when I finally started it. But yes, for the most part, three or four seasons I did. Uh, did you? So yeah, that's probably why it uh, it seems so slow. Because I know if you the episodes that I had to wait for that I watched live. Uh, ooh man, it seemed like it took you know forever. And then on the rewatch, it was like they're already done with that. It seemed <laughs> like the train episode. I'm not giving anything away. Uh, was three or four episodes long. It was just one episode. I mean, yeah. But it seemed like all the plotting was well before that, but it wasn't. It was all in the same episode. It was so, yeah. <clears throat> it's it's really crazy to uh to have the pacing so much quicker than you think. Uh outside of that, I did watch a 2020 release known as The Phenomenon. I will give you the brief description that you'll get from IMDb. Uh, This documentary examines the unidentified aerial phenomenon with testimony from high-ranking government officials and NASA astronauts. Uh, I thought it was going to be a biopic about LL Cool J. That would be cool. Yeah. (laughs) I, I would watch that, to be honest with you. I would watch a documentary or a biopic. Senator Harry Reid says it makes the incredible credible. You'll find all sorts of interesting people in it, like uh, George Knapp, Chris Mellon, John Podesta, Bill Richardson, uh, French UFO expert Jacques Vallée. It's narrated by Peter Coyote, so it sounds great, too, on top of everything else. It's a really top-notch, well-thought-out, well-researched UFO documentary, and you get uh, archival... Wasn't he in the X-Files? Who? Was Peter Coyote in the X-Files? I don't know if he did do the X-Files or not. Um, he's done I think a, he was. He did a lot of narration. Here, I'll click on his name here and tell you if it lists it as one of the things. I'll just say briefly that if you have seen all the UFO documentaries. This is one of the better ones, like one of the top top three or top five for sure. Ever? I, I say ever, wow. yes. Yes. Um, okay, I'm not seeing... I'm going back to the 90s, and I'm not seeing Peter Coyote in X-Files, but I don't doubt it. It seems like a lot of these folks kind of... Uh, they've kind of come out of the similar backgrounds... However, I will say that there is a Vince Gilligan, uh, the guy who uh, was the the showrunner and creator of Breaking Bad. He came from X Files. That was kind of his his foray into big time television. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, uh, the one of the main things um, I would say that you get archival footage and interviews in the phenomenon that you maybe haven't seen or heard before. And sometimes you've heard audio, but you haven't seen the footage. And that's been pretty cool. Like uh, major Jesse Marcel, 
as an old man who's got nothing to lose. And he's just like, hey, man, they made me say this stuff about Roswell and it wasn't true. Uh, it was a, it was a crashed flying saucer. <laughs> so, uh, believe what you want to believe. I think, uh, again, that's a thing. Uh, Will, on your recommendation and others, Lovecraft Country, I started it, watched the first episode. Wow, it's different, and I like it. I don't want, I don't want to ruin anything about it, but it is, uh, uh, the real monster is white people. (laughs) (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) But... Uh, yeah, I would recommend anyone who has access to HBO to watch this series. It is so far one episode in, it, it, it promises to be very good. You need to go back and finish that series. Yeah, you got into it and didn't finish, huh? No. <clears throat> Worries me. Okay, there's a, uh, a filmmaker, Seth Breedlove, who has a company called uh, Small Town Monsters, and I've mentioned several of his, mm-hmm. yeah, several of his uh, documentaries before. And I did watch the Mothman Legacy, and this is a full like feature length. I'm gonna look and see what what the runtime is on it. It's almost proper feature length. It's 77 minutes. But it's all very good, very dense material, and it talks about the Mothman of uh, Point Pleasant. So if you weren't too excited by that movie with Richard Gere in it, <laughs> this is much much more to the lore of the Mothman and all the witness sightings of the Mothman. And what could it all mean? They speculate what it could all mean. Very, very good documentary on the subject. And I think that's about it for me, other than extra. So, guys, who wants to go next? I'll go. Do it, Will. Uh, not much. Uh, Star Trek. More? Um, Star Trek? Yeah, I'm sick of their formula of three <clears throat> decent episodes, uh, advancing the overall storyline, and then three or more filler episodes where they go back in time or hop into a different universe or it was all a dream. So. So all they, all they were missing was clip shows and that would be it. Or did they even have those? Yeah. They need a couple <laughs> clip shows. <laughs> Remember that time data that's got about, stuck in the well. That's about it for me. Oh, wow. Uh, we did watch a new show uh, last week called Lupin, which is a French show uh, about a master thief. Uh, it's decent. Uh, we're only two episodes in. Um, the second episode is a little, maybe a little more fantastical than I cared for. I'm not really sure, but uh, pretty good so far. Yeah, uh, Arsène Lupin is a—he's a French uh, like anti-hero, going back yeah. to the days of like the early serials of the uh, the vampires and so on. And, yeah, this and is... he, he inspired this uh, anime character. I think he began in the '60s, and he was created by uh, an artist named Monkey Punch. 
uh, probably not his birth name, but um, yeah, Lupin the Third, who's like the uh, Japanese descendant of Arsène Lupin, and he has this gang, like uh, he has his samurai friend, and then this master like uh, thief woman. Uh, and there's a master gun man, and uh, they go on all these adventures. And uh, uh, I think the first uh, feature film that uh, Hayao Miyazaki directed was um, Castle of Cagliostro, which is a Lupin the Third movie. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, I, I've heard of Lupin the Third. I wondered if this was not. I had also heard of the actual Lupin. Uh, just one of those gentleman burglars of, of late 19th century fame. Yeah. Uh, this is just a modern day up a retelling of a uh, of Lupin, but the book series is in the in the story itself. That's what inspires this okay. guy, and uh, basically he. Uh, became a master thief after his dad, well, he doesn't know it at the time, but his dad is accused of stealing <clears throat> a priceless necklace from some family, uh, some necklace of Marie Antoinette's. Um, he, his dad goes to prison. He thinks his dad did it and decides to become a master thief. And uh, it kind of goes from there. And then he finds out that maybe his dad didn't do it. And maybe the guy who uh, actually owned the necklace framed his dad. Uh, so he's going to get revenge. So pretty quick moving. Uh, good characters. It's a, it's a decent TV show. I have to see where it goes. Uh, you know, the uh, kind of reveal we'll say from the in the second episode was a little as i said fantastical i could see it working in the 19th century but i think faking your death is a little harder to do today i don't think that i think they'd check i mean i don't think they just wheel you out of prison because you're i'm not giving anything away <laughs> uh because they think you're dead I do like the concept of gentleman burglar. What does a gentleman burglar wear? I have to ask. A top hat and a bow tie and a domino mask. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. And they have a little, you know, waxed mustache for twirling. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> yeah, phantasm, raffles. I don't know who else there is. Pardon My Burglary, I think would be a good name for a series. The Bat. <laughs> oh, I got somebody in here yelling at me. Demanding to come in. Oh, cats? Yeah, cats. It's just a matter of time before the dogs do the same thing to me. So was that it, was that it for you recently watched? I think so. Jolien, how about you? Uh, yeah, so I, I, uh, I finished watching um, the uh, Ninja show, so now I'm on to uh, uh, Space Sheriff Gavan. And uh, I was reminded of that because uh, Space Sheriff Gavan 
is takes his name from uh, Jean Gabin, who was a actor in many a French movie. Oh. Um, but anyway, um, finished watching uh, season one of Alice in Borderland. Uh, it's this kind of cross between um, Drifting Classroom and Battle Royale. Have you started watching that yet, Richard? I have not, but I'm writing it down to remind myself. And uh, I'll probably start it soon. Yeah, it's on Netflix. It's only eight episodes. Excellent. Okay, um, noted. We're, we're trying to figure out which uh, characters correspond to which in um, the Lewis Carroll stories. Um, there's a few you can match up, but they, but e- even when their names match up, they don't correspond very uh, uh, directly to the uh, characters in the books. Hmm. But uh, yeah, yeah, obviously the the lead guy is Alice, and then the uh, woman he meets up with is Usagi, which is Rabbit. Yeah, that was then, the only one I got. Right, and then you have the the Cheshire Cat turns up. He's the white haired guy. Uh, his uh, so his Japanese name is Tishia. Um, and then there's uh, his his uh, one of his compa- compatriots is Queen Queena. Hmm. Uh, who's great? And then yeah, you've got the Hatter who is a uh, Boshia, and uh, and there's there's one that's named after a mirror, mirror. Um, she oh. she t- turns up towards the end. Oh. But uh, yeah, it's a great series. Um, I, I'm I'm very nervous about what's going to happen to these people. <laughs> yeah. So it's one one season so far, but they're going to do more. Yes, they renewed it. Good. So oh, good. They are going to do another one, but um, uh, yeah, they've gotten rid of a lot of the extra characters. There's there's no one that you dislike who who's there to be killed off <laughs> you're just down to the ones you like um uh i watched uh, jungle captive from 1945 um this is the uh, this ends the trilogy of the wild woman which began with captive wild woman have you heard of these movies no uh no. so so cat people comes out classy uh movie from val luton um, you know, um, the producers keep giving him these titles like Cat People and I Walk With a Zombie, etc., hoping that they'll get a, just a, a trashy B movie with monsters and uh, uh, pretty women running around um, to bring in the punters. Um, but uh, he takes those titles and makes like these classy. Uh, horror movies out of them um so jungle captive is an example of uh, what happens when someone goes yeah let's just take this idea of a woman turning into a monster and 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 just go with the uh the stupid trashy horror movie so it, it's quite fun but it's uh you know it's not in the same class um so they did captive wild woman in 1943 and jungle woman in 44 and they both starred this uh, woman named aquanetta um, and then Jungle Captive is the third one, and you've got uh, uh, Rondo Hatton has a major role. He's got a speaking role in this one. He plays this uh, henchman named Moloch. And uh, then you've got Dr. Stendhal, who's played by Otto Kruger. 
um, you, you've seen Otto Kruger because he was the he was in Saboteur and uh, Dracula's Daughter and Murder My Sweet is a great one. Um, and then the uh, the ape woman is played by Vicky Lane in this one. Hmm. Uh, uh, you got Phil Brown playing the hero Don Young. He's he's really dull in this one, but uh, he's done he's done much better things. He um, I think he's he's best known as playing um, he plays Owen Lars Uncle Lowen in uh, Star Wars. Yeah. Okay. Um, but anyway, this 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 plot is like. Uh, so the ape woman is is dead in the uh, second movie, and uh, she's stashed away in a drawer in a mortuary. And then uh, Rondo Hatton is dispatched to come along and uh, steal her body. And then uh, throughout the movie, he's sent out to pick up other things to help in the experiments of the uh, evil doctor. And uh, so he, he has to go and fetch these files on uh, turning an ape into a human um the doc- doctor decides he's going to do a brain transplant so he sends rondo off to steal a book on brain surgery <laughs> <laughs> so he just he just picks <laughs> this book called brain surgery off of the shelf brings it back to the doctor then that same night the doctor you know presumably having read up on it uh just performs a brain surgery um you know there's nothing to it Aww. um so anyway, I uh, quite enjoyed it. It's only an hour or so long. Um, you know, nice, stupid 1940s horror. The idiot's Guide to Brain Surgery. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, and then I watched uh, all three of those X-ray movies. Oh, you watched all so three of them? that was it. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, man. Wow. So they, they got better each one? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, this series. If, if by better you mean worse, I'm only watching this one. I know there yeah. are two others, but I'm only watching this one. Guys, yeah, good for you. Uh, so somebody's gonna have to. Somebody who's not me is gonna have to do some sort of a quick recap of of the quote unquote plot of this thing. Uh, Choose, be- okay. choose between you, because I'm not going to even try. Richard, I think you should try. I dug out my... Uh, I dug out... Hang on, it keeps disappearing. <laughs> Here we go. Fangoria, issue 24. Extra on the cover. Oh, wow. There you go. And, I, and it's also in uh, Psychotronic. I, they give a plot rundown. Um, Extra, 1982, director Harry Bromley Davenport, a father is abducted by aliens, an upside-down alien monster lands on Earth and rapes a woman and then gives birth to a full-grown man. The dad, played by Philip Sayer, is reborn and goes to retrieve his son. Some of the kids' toys come to life and attack people. The awkward adult science fiction movie is in pretty bad taste, which could be a plus, but most of it just doesn't make any sense. Oh, so it wasn't my imagination. <laughs> Other people say it doesn't make sense. <laughs> what didn't make sense? Oh, you know, I would say the first thing that really that really stood out to me as like, okay, I don't know where this even came from, was the small clown 
either a little person or child in the clown suit, <laughs> like just came out of nowhere. And was right. that, was that supposed to be a reanimated toy or an animated yeah. toy? Okay. He came off this little, uh, swingy toy. The kid stared at it and it had a little clown on it and he would flip over a bar. You've seen him. Yeah. Uh, and then it disappeared and then the clown appeared. Okay. All right. It made perfect sense to me. Oh, it was a struggle for me to get through this one. It was only 81 minutes. I expected when I looked afterward, like, okay, how long was this damn movie? And no, it was only 81 minutes. <laughs> uh, I just, ew, okay. Like I have to ask, like, I know the critics hated it. I'm sure I don't even have to look at that, but uh, the production of this thing, where was it filmed? Uh, London. Was it? Around London. Yeah, it was filmed around London. It looked like London. Yeah. It was raining at the end, and you could tell it was actually raining and not a, a film mm-hmm. trick. It was just, well, it's raining because it's London. We've got to film. Wrap this up. We're only filming for two days. Yeah, roll cameras. we got to film this. <laughs> Uh, so it was probably made in two days is what you're saying, or, you know, it was, I'm sure it's like a whole week. No, 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 (laughs) (laughs) not so much. (laughs) It seemed like they kept every take. I mean, uh, I can't believe you didn't like this thing. I thought this thing was great. (laughs) Tell me, tell me some of your, your highlights of this. What are your, what are your favorite moments in this one? Did well, you... first off, the dad threw a stick in the sky and it broke the universe. Uh, yeah, that's always a good start. <laughs> and that's in the first five minutes. Yeah. Um, and then it just gets better from there. There's a creepy looking alien. It's sufficiently gross. It grossed me out, even though it, it looks really cheap. It was still gross. It was, it was gooey. And so they, had, they had accomplished something there. It had a weird story. Um, I don't know. It was enjoyable. Now, how do you think it compares to Demon Wind? <laughs> oh, it's much better than Demon Wind. I mean, I kind of feel like I'd, ra- I'd rather watch uh, a back-to-back Oculus uh, Babadook marathon than uh watch this one again even though it's only 77 minutes oh god yeah this uh the stick breaking the universe the uh couple in the car hitting the alien and then later dying uh there's all kinds of really great moments yeah i was gonna say we've uh i don't know if we still got a lot of listeners in brazil but uh i kind of i wonder how this would translate internationally to like different cultures different countries you know, are people in Serbia uh, and Israel and the Russian Federation going to watch Extro and say, oh, yeah, it totally makes sense. I mean, it's not it's not our fault. I mean, uh, this was made in England. So if anyone, it's Jolien's fault. But uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we got to blame somebody. Uh, the eggs, though, the uh, the alien eggs, uh, were those just water balloons? Yeah. OK, I, I, I wanted There's something in it. Yeah, I want to make sure I wasn't imagining things. Um, oh, let's see. There was a couple. Yeah, how many movies have you seen where 
somebody gives birth to a lot, a human, a full-size human, adult human. Yeah, ouch. Uh, yeah, that was... <laughs> Probably only the second, maybe third movie I've seen that in. Well, there's fast-growing humans. Have you ever watched Starman with Jeff Bridges, oh, yeah. Jeff Bridges in it? That, I mean, that's one of my favorites. Uh, <laughs> Jeff Bridges does that really weird uh, stiff acting thing he does uh, when, when he, as an alien, is learning to act naturally as a human. He does a lot of stiff walking and blinking. <laughs> it's pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I would say a good companion piece if you wanted to compare a bad movie to a good one. Extra <laughs> and Starman. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I really do like Starman a lot. Um, yes. Let's see. Uh, there was a part where there was a couple that was having sex and then they were interrupted by the kid and so the girl goes to play some hide and seek game with the kid and that's when all hell breaks loose. Mm -hmm. Uh Was that just an excuse for nudity? Not, not the movies are made. Don't act like it's, this is something new. (laughs) Yeah. I am shocked. (laughs) Did you recognize the actor? No. She's Mariam Darbo. This is like a, four years before she was in the living daylights. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, she's, so she's a bond girl. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, that makes sense. 1987 living daylights. Okay. Well, cool. See, you could get work after making something like this. <laughs> uh, so along the lines of this, we have movies like, I'm trying to think of like, if we were to look at this on IMDb, uh, I'm going to click over to that and see like, what else do they, what else do they say is sort of like this? Cause oh, well, uh, I've got a uh, Kim Newman's nightmare movies book. Oh, good. And, uh, cause he talks about this in amongst, uh, other alien exploitation movies. Cause there's a whole bunch of, uh, ripoffs of alien which itself was a kind of remake of older alien movies um where uh like the central horror is uh a bizarre and fatal form of reproduction so they're always coming up with new ways of uh the human body giving birth to some monster and getting killed in the process okay um so uh, at, at this time so the, the alien was 79. So you have uh, the dark contamination without warning, scared to death, humanoids from the deep, the intruder within, alien two, inseminoid, galaxy of terror, parasite, forbidden world. So those are all, are all within two years. Wow. So this was a whole trend. Yeah. It's sort of a subgenre of all its own. Um, interesting when I look at the more like this section from IMDB, I don't think it mentions any of those. Uh, did you mention deadly spawn? I think I I did. Okay. Then maybe one out of the dozen they list. I think one of them, uh, they, they mention, of course, extra two and extra three, but they mention deadly spawn, body melt, basket case, brain damage, 
in any of the Henenlotter films, I'll take those over this by a lot. Um, Raw Force. This is about a group of martial arts students that are en route to an island that supposedly is home. Oh, I want to see that. Home to the Let's ghosts of not. martial artists who've lost their honor. A Hitler lookalike and his gang. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's terrible. Yeah. I could tell it's terrible without even watching any part of it. Um, Let Sleeping Corpses Lie, Basket Case 2. Uh, what is this? Beyond the Darkness? And yeah, they're getting really loose with films to compare it to. Yeah, it seems that way to me because they also mentioned From Beyond and Society, which that kind, I, kind of makes I, sense. I have seen... Uh, I've seen Raw Force. Uh, shall I redo the Psychotronic Encyclopedia yes. description of Raw Force? Yes, yes please. please. Okay. Raw Force, 1981, Philippines. <laughs> uh, three karate club members from Burbank, led by Jeff Binney, become stranded on a mysterious island and fight kung fu cannibal monks who create zombies. Cameron Mitchell is the cruise ship captain. The movie throws in a piranha attack, a Hitler lookalike, Sex, drugs, nudity, decapitation, and gore. With Camille Keaton, Gillian uh, Kessler as a SWAT team member, Vic Diaz as a monk, because it's a Philippines movie, so of course he's in it. Okay. Uh, Jennifer Holmes, also in The Demon with Mitchell. Jewel Shepard, Lawrence Woolner, who had started New World with Roger Corman, was an executive producer. There you go. Wow. It's not, oh. it's not as good as... <laughs> it's not that good. Yeah. Um, it sounds good. Yeah, but I, I feel the same way about Extro. It, it looks good on paper. Uh, every so often, this like really bizarre thing happens. But uh, in between that, I find it quite dull. It's like because I don't care about anyone. No. And the, the good, uh, uh, the performances are all right, but uh, uh, you don't know where it's going you don't know what the stakes are comes along there's no it doesn't feel like it's, it's heading anywhere no I, I, um you know it's just parents yeah it just sort of meanders until it's done and then you're like oh great more uh water balloon eggs okay cool <laughs> uh, at the end of it i'm not thinking oh there's got to be a sequel you guys there's got to be i didn't even look to see that there was like not just one but two sequels so indulge me. What happens in Extra oh, yes. Two? Do we pick up where we left off? No, no, no. They're standalone stories with uh, different aliens and everything. So, do you think they so just Extra Two has got uh, uh, John Michael Vincent's in that one? Oh, uh, he's called into a. This is this is another one of those sequels where they try to do aliens. Uh, so he's called into th this. Uh, U.S. transdimensional travel project up in the mountains. And um, the explorers have been sent to this other dimension. And when they return, they've been uh, impregnated with some alien stuff. And there's some torso bursting. Uh, and there's lots and lots of people running around a factory with torches and really big guns and getting down to their tank tops. Oh, you know, it's, yeah. it's just a sci-fi channel movie before there was a sci-fi channel. Oh, good. Um much more boring. And then Extra 3 is called Watch the Skies. Uh, you might like bits of this because it's got um, some uh, that mock 1950s 
newsreel footage of UFO sightings oh, and nice. uh, um, and uh, alien dissection footage. Um, Robert Culp's in that one. Uh, uh, it's got a bit of Predator, a bit of um, alien autopsy. And this one's about a bunch of Marines who are sent to this island. Uh, and they meet an alien and that they look more like the classic greys in this one. Um, there's also a black ops team, which is sent to wipe out everything. Um, and the puppet aliens are fairly good in that one. And the soundtrack is a bit more ambitious. Um, but again, it's largely dull. So I, I can't recommend watching the sequels. Wow. Yeah. That, that doesn't sound good at all. So how, how does one end up watching these in the first place? Well, how, well, this is one that uh, <laughs> I've wanted to see. Uh, I'm surprised I hadn't seen it. Uh, I remember the box quite well uh, from the video store. Um, it seems like the kind of movie my dad would have rented. Um, so I'm, I'm surprised I didn't see it. I may just not remember it. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely remember the box. And I heard of it the other day and it reminded me and it's like oh well next time movies come up that's going to be my choice and i'm glad i picked it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i remember watching the tape with some friends uh and you know after school and uh i remember them being really confused by them and they didn't know what to make of it you know they wondered if it was a comedy or what um and it just got too weird for them yeah uh which i was kind of delighted by yeah I enjoyed the the fact that there was a, an actual panther in this. Yes. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't watch the very end of the credits to see if there was any like uh equivalent of the uh ASPCA guarantee or whatever, but uh I just hope they treated the panther well on set. Yes. <laughs> um the there's a there's a dog in it who is my favorite performer. Uh, you know, the woman who, uh, she gets uh, impregnated by the alien at yeah. the farmhouse. Yeah. And she yeah. has this little dog that goes chasing around. And I was really concerned about the dog. And the dog has this great um, staying away from danger, <laughs> um, hiding under the table and so on. Uh, yeah, I really like the dog's performance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's funny, like sometimes the dogs outact the people in these movies, <laughs> you know, these, Yeah. I don't see any budget listed for it, but if you had to guess, do you think they, what do you think they spent? And do you think they made it back? <laughs> yeah. I think they made it back. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, is it 35,000 because they did sequels? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That huh? sounds right. This was a early production for uh, New Line. Oh, um, so New oh, Line okay. films that uh, they've been uh, distributing films. They were head, headed by a fellow named Robert Shea, and they distributed independent films. And then this was just after they'd started getting into actually producing films. So um, they'd done one one movie called Stunts uh, with Robert Foster. And one movie called Polyester, the John Waters film. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then they did a couple of horror movies. They did Extro and Alone in the Dark, which is worth checking out. 
Um, that's the one about the three lunatics. Uh, one of them is Martin Landau. Okay. Have you seen that one? No. No. About oh, uh, yeah, you should check that one out. About when was it um, from? When was it? So this, these yeah. are all uh, 83, 82, 83. Okay. Um, so, yeah, Alone in the Dark. Uh, a classic horror movie with humor, a punk sensibility, and a great overacting cast. Starts with a shocking nightmare scene in a diner. Some psychotic killers escape from a mental hospital during a power failure and go after a New Jersey family, but there's much more. Jack Palance is the scary war vet, Frank Hawks. Martin Landau is preacher, and big Erland van Lifter Jude from The Wanderers joins them. Donald Pleasance is the weird pot-smoking doctor who says the killers are just confused. <laughs> Dwight Schultz from the A-Team is the doctor dad of the fractured family under siege. Um... And the director, Jack Shoulder, had been an editor of New Line Trailers and also made the underrated The Hidden. So, yeah, I, I quite like that one. Um, Sounds good. But, the, yeah, I, I, read, I read the Fangoria article talking about Extro and uh, it ends with Robert Shea saying, uh, we have already made a commitment to do Wes Craven's next picture, Nightmare on Elm Street. Hmm. So that, that's when they started making a ton of money. Yeah. Now there there was supposed to be a fourth one on the way, uh, and apparently it never happened because it was talked about in Fangoria in March of 2011, and oh. either they're really putting a lot more effort into that one, or it's just not going to happen. <laughs> yeah the the uh, the gimmicky title of the article was extra 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 four is coming, and of course they spelled extra capital X T R a uh, yeah. Extra, extra, extra four is coming and I can't find a link to it. Um, I just see it listed here in the references on the Wikipedia page, but man, the second, and third one weren't good. No, oh, this, this one, this first one's got those, those crazy scenes. Like, uh, I like the action man, uh, when he comes to life. Oh yeah. yeah. Action Man was the British equivalent to G.I. Joe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that old lady has thing. to, her hand darts out to get a bonbon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the best things I saw in the critical reception uh, section of this article was Colin Greenland uh, reviewed Extro for Imagine Magazine and stated that Extro is quite unpretentious. <laughs> it doesn't claim to be anything but a vehicle for Tony Harris's special effects, which are as vir vir virulent and glutinous as they come. Yeah. Vir yeah. Virulent and glutinous. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. And, and another weird thing is um, the uh, relationship with uh, the Sam character, who's the, the Extro, and... Uh, uh, Tony, the boy, he kind of gets into Cronenberg territory, like crossing taboo lines. Yeah, uh -huh. because he he actually uh, he, he he like gives a hickey to his son. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was definitely mm. crossing a line. Yeah, he starts sucking on his on his boy, 
and uh, and then the the boys already had this uh, wet dream about his dad. He wakes <laughs> up and he's covered in blood. And then uh, and then later the boy goes after the saucy French maid, and uh, and sucks on her. Then yeah, ends up sticking her in a cocoon in the bathroom. Oh my god! You know what? What can it all mean? Uh, it's just like a. You know, it's obviously someone who's seen Cronenberg and thought, "Ooh, gross stuff." Yeah, uh-huh. that looks um, easy. I'll do that. But, yeah, there's, there's no like intellectual, you know, pretensions to it. it. It's not, you know, it's not interesting like Cronenberg, but it's it makes makes for some good freaky scenes. Yeah. Now there was another one that I have to say, uh, I don't know where they're coming from, but. Uh, all movie called the movie. This was an online guide. Um, they called the movie pure trash that was made to capitalize on the public interest in ET, the extraterrestrial and basically presents the gory, sexy exploitation movie take on that film's alien visit visits earth premise. Um, I don't know. Do you think there's anything to that? It wasn't sexier than E.T. No, you're right. <laughs> uh, well, I do agree with part of this. They, they called it pure trash, but capitalizing on E.T.? I don't think so. Yeah, there was, there was, a, there was this one, and then there was, a, I think it was one of Larry Buchanan's old movies from the 60s, I think, which was re-released in the U.K., uh, with quite a bit of publicity as a ETN, the extraterrestrial mm. nasty, because uh, this is also the time when the video nasty campaign was, yeah. uh, you know, in full throw. So uh, yeah, they, they did this takeoff on the ET poster, except it had this kind of werewolf claw instead of the uh, ET hand. <laughs> All right. Great. Cool. Let's see. I want to find one more here. Um, everybody's favorite, Roger Ebert. He panned the film, getting, giving it uh, one of four stars, calling the film ugly, despairing, and further commented, most exploitation movies are bad, but not necessarily painful to watch. They may be <laughs> incompetent. They may be predictable. They may be badly acted or awkwardly directed. But at some level, the filmmakers are enjoying themselves and at least trying to entertain the audience. Extra, <laughs> Extra is an exception. A completely depressing, nihilistic film, an exercise in sadness. It's movies like this that give movies a bad name. Uh, he might have well, might have went a little hard on this one, but uh, it's oh, it's always fun to. Yeah, I don't think that. Yeah, yeah. When when he really tees off, it's kind of fun to read. But uh, I I I can't get completely on board with how harsh he was. Um. Yeah, I think I think that uh, the idea that they were trying to um, ape some Cronenberg aesthetics is probably true. And. Uh, yeah, it was slimy and gross, but not the same level of quality. Do you think they had a script? I guess is kind of my question. Yeah, there is a, there is a, uh, there's a, is the thread in it because um, the uh, 
boy has a snake he calls Harry. And uh, it kind of compares the alien's method of reproduction with the snake, because the snake has laid eggs, uh, which the alien eats. Um, but the, the snake is there as a kind of uh, another representation of inhuman reproduction. Okay. And uh, Harry ends up uh, in the salad of um, Mrs. Goodman downstairs. Yeah. And uh, yeah. <laughs> she eats it, and that's what brings her upstairs and angers Tony, and then he sends these action men after her. Yeah, didn't it, like, slither down through the light fixture or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of cool. It was just a garter snake. It wasn't anything anyone should be afraid yeah. of. It's like, they, they're obviously, their snake budget was quite low. <laughs> You'd think they would at least had a boa constrictor or something. Not common in England. No? Is that, like, uh, <laughs> some sort of... Uh, humanitarian law or what is it it's too chilly for boas oh yeah that would make sense do you remember when we were talking uh an episode or two ago i mentioned that i do believe people who carry around boa constrictors in public are just starved for attention (laughs) yeah yeah obviously this kid just they are this kid just needed a little attention yes not a lot he just had a garter snake you have people who let like a uh, a rat crawl around in their clothes, and you know they they love to delight and shock people when it pops out of their collar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I hope I'm not alienating our audience by saying this, but uh, yeah, I think it's all attention. Yeah, they're all extra fans with pythons. <laughs> rat. You can't have rats and pythons though. You end up with no. you end up with just pythons. Yeah. I mean, you can have both, but it won't last long. We did talk about some uh, some similar viewing, and I gotta I gotta wonder, guys, is this just like something that couldn't happen these days? You know, are you gonna find anything that's a go with for extra that would be from, let's say, the last five or ten years to present, or do you think the day of this sort of thing is over with? No, I'm I'm sure you could. I don't know. Well, like the mockbusters that are just like uh, the the modern equivalent of direct to video, where they're just like direct to streaming and they're just junk. Yeah, nowadays they just tend to be uh, dull. Yeah. Uh, uh, and they they look bad. Uh, it's not like a back at, you know back at this time the Italians could churn out a whole bunch of um, exploitation movies which are often more fun than the things they were ripping off. Um, yeah, I miss those. Now you've seen a lot of those, haven't you? Yeah. Uh, I don't know that I've seen more than a couple of them, two or three of them. Uh, is it a treasure trove of interesting viewing, or is it just amusing yourself with how bad it is? Um, I think the, uh, the ones that rip off the exorcist are all entertaining. Uh, and at this time, the early eighties, they, they pretty much finished with cannibals. Uh, they were still doing zombies. Uh, there's a whole bunch of, uh, escape from New York and Mad Max, uh, ripoffs. 
going on. Um, I'm not so keen on those. Yeah, but it, uh, it's it's pretty hard. A lot to, of genre rip off. Oh, they love the sharks. Yes, and they've got access to the ocean, so that makes it super tempting to keep going with that one, doesn't it? Oh yeah, they, they were doing Jaws movies way too late in the day. <laughs> yeah. Well, the Jaws series was doing Jaws movies way too late in the day as, as well. But uh... yeah, do you, do you give any uh, do you do you uh, give any attention to Jaws two or three, or do you think they're uh, just a waste of time? Jaws three is so laugh- laughably bad; it's really fun. Okay. And Jaws 2, I kind of enjoy. It's, it's kind of a slasher movie in the water. Uh, I enjoy that one too, but they're, you know, they're, they're not in the same league as the first one. No, yeah, I think the second one's an okay movie. Um, I remember the third one being really bad. Never seen the fourth one. I, I thought they made five. Did they only make four? Uh, they may have made it the fifth one, but I know of four. Okay. But, yeah, four is Jaws the Revenge. This one with Michael Caine in it. Okay. Yeah. Let's see. Is there? <laughs> there's there's not a Jaws five, but there's Cruel Jaws, which <laughs> sounds Italian. Oh yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, I think the, I'm pretty sure that is. Uh, yeah, from Bruno Mattei, under the name of William Snyder. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that was uh, fake Jaws, Jaws 5, cruel Jaws. Uh, well, is that about uh, all we could say about Extro? I think so. Uh, do you recommend it, Will? Yes. You think horror fans are just going to be like, you know, that guy from that podcast was right. I'm glad I watched this. I, I think so. <laughs> uh, Jolien, how about you? Uh, yeah, if you, uh, if you want to see an oddball movie, um, it, you know, there's, there's not that many British horror movies being made by this point. So it was, it was fun to see a trashy British horror movie. Yeah, they had everyone afraid to do anything because of the video nasties thing, right? Yeah, just, uh, yeah, there's a whole bunch of um, reasons, but the, the horror industry in Britain just dried up. Yeah. Ooh. That's really unfortunate. Um, now, all that being said, uh, I can't recommend it. I struggled to get through it. But somehow I find myself, after what you guys said, it's like I obviously missed a couple of things, like why the things came to life and where they came from. Um, yeah, I kind of feel like maybe for some dumb reason I'll watch it again. But I, right now I couldn't recommend it. Oh. It's okay. It's not. I mean, I could just go watch an actual Cronenberg film. Well, you know. Sure. Oh yeah. Well, I actually wrote down uh, what the schedule is for who picks a movie when, so I don't have to ask you guys. It's my pick next time, and uh, I decided to go with uh, Gretel and Hansel. Oh okay. Jolien mentioned this one, and I finally got around to watching it. This is from 2020. It's um, basically your grim fairy tale as uh, imagined by Oz Perkins. Uh, 
Osgood Perkins. And it's a good, dark, uh, slow burn, witchy film, you know, the hag in the forest kind of witch. All right. Yeah. So there's that. Yeah, I think you like it. Sounds good. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll go with that. And All right. we'll do this again in a week. So anything else before we get out of here? Well, I'm going to the library on Tuesday, which is downtown. So uh, hopefully nothing will happen. Ooh, yeah. Watch out because it's going to be crazy. We are in a capital city. It's right by the Capitol building. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, yeah. you're going to be what, like a block, block and a half from it. I think you're safe from the types that are going to be demonstrating. Oh, yeah. You're going to be near a library. Like, the, yeah, the, <laughs> that's like more, that's moron repellent. So you'll be safe. <laughs> Just come out waving books around. You'll be okay. Yes. Do you have a red hat? <laughs> Yes, I do. I have my, my Meininger's hat. There you go. Just wear that. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. And then it turns out he gets beaten by counter-protesters. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you can't win. All right, guys. Well, uh, shall we call it a show? Let's call it a show. It's a show. Listeners, thank you for listening. Stay off for more. We just wanted to make a bloody horror film, you know, and horrify everyone and be disgusting and shock people. As far as I was concerned, the more extreme we went, the better. It's probably one of the most memorable scenes in cinema. It sounds strange as I enjoyed it, but it was interesting, very interesting part. The world of Extor is a world of questions. Uh, that was horrible for her. It was a set, and uh, it took a long time because she was stuck up there in this sort of cocoon thing, her head sticking out, and she was actually sitting on a, a bicycle seat. So it was low budget, she said. It's an odd film, <laughs> to say the least.